This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of slurs, including use of the F slur. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in discussing whatever it is that cishet people think it is we're doing. Uh, So what's on the bye schedule for tonight, CJ? We're going to be talking to Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. Um, And then after that, we'll be playing a game. How are you today, Jonathan? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Yeah. Uh, you're the second episode that we've recorded today, mm-hmm. so fresh fresh faces, fresh opportunities. <laughs> Start from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, my name's Jonathan. Um, I'm from South Jersey. I grew up in um, Haddon Township, went to high school there. Um, went to college at the College of New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, majored in journalism, but then started doing a bunch of theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, ain't that the way. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the way, exactly. Um, and I started playwriting and directing in college and really kind of fell in love with it. And when I graduated, I had an apprenticeship at the Art and Theater Company oh, in Philly, nice. Nice. Uh, which is where I currently work. Um, I work in their development department by day, and by night I do a shit ton of theater, <laughs> uh, directing, playwriting, and designing, whatever I can get my hands on, mm-hmm. um, and kind of keep myself busy that way. Yeah. It seems you and I lead very similar lives yeah. because you're all, I feel like we swapped places in terms of where we grew up mm-hmm. versus where we currently right. live. Yeah. <laughs> and also like I was Theater Horizons apprentice and oh, then I worked really? there awesome. for a while. Yeah. So but also did a shit ton of theater by yeah. so I'm like, I've heard this story before. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> this is a tale as old as time. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I know uh, that feel about doing a different major and then being like, oh, but theater, though. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I only, so I, so I strictly was a performer in high school, mm-hmm. and by my senior year, I was like, you know what, I'm done with the politics and, like, the <laughs> bullshit of being let down from, like, never being, like, good enough to have the lead or whatever it was, so I was like, I'm just gonna go to school for writing, because everyone, like, all my teachers go, like, you're such a great writer, and I loved reading, like, Entertainment Weekly and, like, different, you know, magazines and, and uh, websites when I was younger, like, about pop culture particularly, so I thought I'd go to school for journalism, uh, and then, of course, during my, like, first week on campus, I auditioned for a play, and I got <laughs> cast, and yeah, then I was, yeah. but then I was introduced to, like, someone was like, hey, you should do, like, production staff or something, and I was like, I don't even know what that is, because the high school, like, all the teachers and stuff did behind-the-scenes yeah. work, yeah. and the kids performed on stage, um, but then I started learning about, like, technical directing and set designing and then kind of the rest is sort of history but um yeah by the time I realized I wanted to pursue theater I was like halfway through TCNJ and I didn't want to leave and go to another school because TCNJ right. doesn't have any uh, doesn't have like a theater major it's right. all just student-run stuff um so I stuck it out and continued writing um whilst doing a shit ton of theater on the side <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and kind of figuring out my own way that way mm, cool yeah. uh, so want to tell us about your queer journey sure um 
I came out in high school, um, about, like, before senior year, I would say. Um, it took me a while to get comfortable with the word gay, um, mm. to identify myself. Mm. Um, I grew up in a really, like, loving, supporting household. I had really great friends and stuff, um, but it was sort of difficult for me to, like, self-label myself as that. Um, it always was sort of, like, a thing that I, I kind of compartmentalized, I think, like, who I was outside and who I was inside, mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. And um, once I went to college, um, as the cliche kind of goes, like, you meet other queer people and they're, like, really yeah. out and open. And then through that journey, I, like, started to, like, learn about, like, other, like, facets of the queer community, mm. um, sort of, like, all the different things that, you know, you know, intersectionality and all of that stuff, sort of, you know, taking women and gender studies courses and, yep. you know, being educated on it and, mm -hmm. like, you know, growing up in a small town, South Jersey, like, you don't yeah. really talk about any of those things. And I think I was growing up right on the cusp of, like, when queer people started to pop up in media, mm -hmm. like, like uh, popular media more so. Yeah. Like, I was riding the wave of, like, Glee and how, like, in, in Degrassi and, like, how big, like, those things were for the time, but it was sort of still new, um, kind of navigating that. So I didn't necessarily feel like I saw myself represented at all, so it was difficult to, like, come to terms with what yeah. being, like, queer meant yeah. for me, because I didn't feel like I particularly fit into, like... Like, I always think of, like, Kurt on Glee, because that's, like, a show my family and I watch together, and, like, that's yeah. one, um, that's one depiction of what it means to be gay, but that's sort of, like, what people, I think, stereotypically think of, yeah. um, and I didn't necessarily feel like I was that, so it was like, well, that's not me, but I feel this way, like, how can I be gay, you know? So, yeah. it, it, the, the nuances of, of being a queer person, um, didn't really understand any of that until I got a bit older. Yeah. I feel like, um, like, if we were around, like, the same year in, like, high school and all mm -hmm. that, approximately, like, it, because I also came out as bisexual in high school, um, like, it felt around that time, like, it was this really sort of, like, weird period of time where people were aware that mm -hmm. queer people exist, but they really sort of seemed to only exist on TV. Yeah. It was like, mm, yeah. oh, I know what gay is. That's Neil Patrick Harris. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not yeah. anyone I know. Mm -hmm. But then, like, in order for it to be people you know, those people would have to then realize that for themselves. And there's, right. like, this yeah. weird, like, wall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, gay, that only happens to celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah, and it, it it makes, yeah, it definitely, that definitely makes sense. <laughs> Which clearly means we should all be famous. Yeah, I think so. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> cool, um, so now you, uh, work in theater in the, uh, Philly area, mm. and, um, looking at your website a little bit mm. before we, <laughs> it seems like a lot of the work you do, um, focuses on, like, queer identity and stuff like that. Uh, particularly show you have coming up for Philly Theater Week. Yeah. Uh, Want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started writing plays in college. I wrote a couple of one acts. Um, my, the, the student groups on campus are really great about giving opportunities to students to 
um, write and direct some of their own work. And I did that through one act, and I sort of explored my style of writing. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, I was directing, so sort of like developing my vocabulary and like interest there. Um, and then my senior year, I did a um, independent study um, in playwriting to sort of write like a full length play for credit um, for campus. And I wrote this play called Strides, um, which was sort of my take on what it was like to be um, gay like right now. And it was right on the cusp of like the last presidential election, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of um, Mm. high stress and um yes. high confusion of like oh we made so much progress but also like have we question mark um so it was sort of a play that kind of dealt with that and then the nuances of you know how we how we view that in in the lens of like today mm-hmm. uh, and i did that for jersey fringe festival um about like two three summers ago um and then that summer while i was doing that um i went to a party with some of my high school friends and i had reconnected with someone who I hadn't spoken to in like six years uh and we just there was no like oh my god hey like I haven't talked to you and it was just like he just started like talking to me and I responded and we had a conversation and then later I was like what holy fuck like there's so much history that we're just gonna ignore like that's weird like is that just what we do like is it has it been so long since we've seen each other that we sort of can just like move on from the past or are we both still, like, haunted by it or whatever? So I just had all these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, I finished directing that show, Strides, and then I uh, sat down to write Whirlpool, and it just flowed out of me like nothing had flowed out of me before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was a two-hander. It was just two characters. Um, right. So it was two voices that I knew really well. And I'll say that it was, you know, beyond that initial uh, inspiration of me reconnecting with this person really has something to do with my life it sort of like took off after that right but that that was the catalyst for it um and it just flowed so fast like out of my body um and uh yeah I was I really liked it I liked the finished product a lot and I did like a little reading of it um and then I brought it to the Jersey Fringe Festival last summer Um, with my actors, uh, Harry Watermeyer and Ryan Houghton, two actors in Philadelphia. Uh, I was working with a dramaturg, um, Colby Frederick, who is a queer dramaturg in the city who was a Walnut Apprentice, and he's kind of been with me every step of the way after the first draft. We're on draft probably like 20 now, as, as it goes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he always brings up the like really important questions, and that's been really great. And uh, yeah, so we did it for Jersey Fringe, and it... Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jersey Fringe is a much smaller version of Philadelphia Fringe. It's down in Edmonton, New Jersey. Yeah. It's very much like you've got about five blocks. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and you pay an entrance fee, but they do give, they do give you a performance space, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of rehearse it on your own, and you bring it down there, and you put it up and mm-hmm. down in like four days. And, you know, you get some people that come out, but it's a pretty small audience, and they're a pretty... Uh, pretty white, pretty, like, clean, yeah, pretty, middle class, you know. it's homogenous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and as you would expect, yeah, right. <laughs> Shocking. Um, really nice people, though. I mean, I've, you know, had really great conversations with people who came to see it, but I remember on closing, and that was last summer, and on, on closing of that, I kind of looked at Harry and Ryan and everyone up in the show, and was like, guys, I don't think we're done. I feel like there's more life to this. This show wants to be done again. Yeah. And everyone was like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, this felt nice, but, like, more, please. Um, and then we are now bringing it to Philadelphia, um, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, rad. Yeah, um, we, uh, Jay and I have also produced uh, shows with the Jersey Fringe Festival mm-hmm. the past couple of years as well. I distinctly mm-hmm. remember um, when we did And Proms Tomorrow, mm-hmm. which, like, very much, like, 
uh, like, everyone working on that was queer. Like, we had, like, trans people in it as well. And, like, it was very, like, gender-full, mm-hmm. gender-explorative. Sure. And, um... The uh, a friend of ours overheard like two older audience members as they were leaving the show at the end. Uh, they were just like, um, "I couldn't tell who was a boy or a girl <laughs> at which parts," and I'm like, "You fools! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally you, not, yeah, absolute fools." Yeah. So like, there's there's something to be said too about like what kind of audience is ready for what yeah. kind of like specific yeah. like le- do we need to be bringing like queer 101 to right, yeah. <laughs> to Hamilton, New Jersey mm-hmm. whereas like maybe Philadelphia can handle like alright yeah. so you know yeah. it's not just boys and girls right right and it was also this I like I remember in both Strides and Whirlpool we were we uh, performed in the same venue which is a space in a community center and um, I would there would most of the audience would be those people you're talking about but then there would be some um, what I assume were queer couples, you know, younger people together, and their reaction to the show was, like, the best, right? Because they were seeing yeah. themselves in some way represented, or they're picking up on the things that were sort of, like, meant for them, because mm-hmm. I think all of my writing, mm-hmm. I kind of write for our generation. Um, I You can't say, like, theater for young audiences, because then you think, like, little people, like, five-year-olds, but, like, yeah. I say like, theater for our generation. Um, mm. So those were the people that were, like, they would even, like, a couple people came back to see it again, and I could tell, like, you know, even from that small group, I was like, oh, I think there are people who, like, want to hear these stories, especially on yeah. stage, um, in theater. I just don't think that we have a lot of that um, right now, and I think we need more. And obviously there's such a great community in Philadelphia, both theater people and the yes, queer community, um, that sure. I felt like could really um, connect with it. And like that's the type of audience I... I mean, I want everyone to see it. I don't think it's particularly like should be mm-hmm. you know compartmentalized like that, but I, I want those people who can relate to come see it and see themselves represented or see stories that they can intimately relate to in a way that they may not be able to... Um, or haven't in the past. For sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like there's the line where, like, uh, like again, with Am Promise Tomorrow, we had one uh, teenage, like, preteen teenager, this one kid. <laughs> Asymmetrical haircut, very quiet audience member. Mm-hmm. We were like, sure. they're not reacting very mm-hmm. much. And then they came back how many times? I think, like, almost all of our, like, they came with their friends, mm-hmm. and then they came by themselves to yeah. the rest of the shows. They came with a parent, like, the one time, too. It was just yeah. like, alright, we're doing the that's show for you. Exactly, yeah, yeah. for yes. sure. That's exactly the way we felt. Yeah. It's like, okay, that person. But it's is, also yeah. nice when you can go to a space where there's a bunch of those people. Yes, yes. yeah, and yeah. it's more accessible to them, too, you know, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. even just people in my, the theater community, they're like, oh, we want to come see your show, but it's in Hamilton, and like, how the fuck do I get there? Yeah. yeah. We totally like, understand, totally understand yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of removing some of those barriers as well For um, sure. is really important. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, like, uh, queer-centric theater companies that are, like, and I feel a lot of Philly theaters in general who are working toward, like, pricing accessibility yeah. and what that looks like. Because, sure. like, mm-hmm. there it, there are a lot of financial barriers, like, mm-hmm. especially, like, in the queer community. A lot of us are in, like, a financial difficulty yeah. uh, a lot of the time. So, if all of your audiences are only going to be the type of people who can afford expensive theater tickets, you're going to get a very homogenized group. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really mean lickety-split for them to see representation if during the talkback they're Mm -hmm. hypothetically misgendering one of the cast members (laughs) during a queer show, which I saw happen in a production of The Laramie Project. (laughs) Yep. 
<laughs> Let's get the shows to everyone. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yep. Um, so what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to hear about it again? <laughs> Great question. Um, hmm. I just think that like, well, I, well, I guess like for real, like we should just like, just stop using the word faggot to like talk about gay people. Um, like let's just stop using that ever. And then for that, like just, and also just the word gay, you know, to be like, oh, that's gay. Like that type of vocabulary Ooh. language should probably like stop for real um for like heterosexual people like yeah. cis hetero people for saying that gosh it's just it it i mean it's not a surprise because bigotry happens and people are bad yeah. but the sheer amount of people who believe they can claim ownership to any word yeah. that, that has never applied to them <laughs> like at all is just absolutely outrageous yeah I, for sure yeah. yeah i have this very vivid memory of like being freshman in college just learning about social justice mm -hmm. didn't know i was queer yet but i was like to one of my good friends at the time they would use the epsler all the time and i would just be like could you stop perhaps and they're like i don't mean it in a way that's like mean to gay people and i'm like how literally yeah, yeah. How, else? How, how else yeah it's just it's beyond my comprehension of like let's just we just gotta stop. you're not calling this person a bundle of sticks no never <laughs> Or a yeah. cigarette, yeah. like but only in Britain. <laughs> but only in Britain, yeah. Oh, I, like, and every time that happens, you get the people who are like, "Oh, well, I have the right to say that it's free speech and all that." And it's like, free speech means that the United States government cannot, uh, like, uh, put you in jail, right, for yeah. saying that word. Like, sure. you cannot be punished by the government yeah. for saying that word. Free speech does not absolve you of consequences exactly. yeah. for your actions. Hundred percent. You yeah. did a bad thing. Yeah. Bad things will follow. Yeah. <laughs> like that. No, no, no. Part of the Constitution will prevent a consequence <laughs> from happening. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this really just goes across the board for like so many different um, slurs, like racial, um, sexual orientation, like any of those things there are a lot of them that have been like really normalized yeah and just because they're normalized doesn't make them correct exactly. for us yeah. to be saying like yeah. thinking like the g slur for romani people for example it's right. very much like a lot of people have been saying like that you shouldn't say that word but sure yeah. white girl on etsy go ahead and name your shop that <laughs> That's yeah. fine. <laughs> it just you don't know what's like what is triggering to certain people. Like I know certain people in, mm. in the queer community are like oh, are you know sort of have reclaimed some of those words and, yeah. and use it and and when that's a whole kind of different conversation. But for some people, it's it's very triggering and it um, is uncomfortable. And also like if you're it just you shouldn't shouldn't say it. You know, yeah. So certain people definitely yeah. shouldn't be saying yeah. it. Yeah. And like, can we make it a sweeping policy that if somebody's like. Hey, I'm actually really uncomfortable if you say that word. Mm -hmm. Would you mind not saying it? That you that, then just oh, yeah. don't say it. Yes, yeah. 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 Like let's definitely do that <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, just respect one another. Well, you can reclaim a word for yourself, but also be mindful of how you use it around other people in the same community. Yes, yeah. yes, hundred yes. percent. Yeah. yeah, like I uh, our our podcast has established in the past, and like I feel it personally that like I'm absolutely fine with using the word queer, both to like identify myself and to identify like the community at large yeah. mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean i'm going to use the word queer to describe literally every single person right. who is lgbtqia yeah. because it's not gonna it might not even apply to every member of the lgbtqia community mm -hmm. like yeah. the 
like, there are people who, like, don't even not find the word comfortable. They just, it doesn't apply to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. And I'm not going to use it for them. It's not difficult. Yeah. Just <laughs> respecting what somebody is asking. Yeah. It's a pretty, like, fundamental human thing you would think yeah like um, empathy yeah, for yeah other, understanding like, yeah caring what people think i i see this the strongest like the word is not like problematic in and of itself but trying to explain to cis people that not everybody wants to be called a dude yeah mm. is a mountain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a mountain on which I am trying to shove a large boulder <laughs> yeah, that... and being steamrolled by people being like, well, I grew up in California, so... Just what I say, yeah. yeah. We had this big thing a little while ago, I think, in our society. It was like a spike in, in media, online, in person, whatever, where it was like a whole thing where people would talk about how much they hate the word moist. And they'd be like, mm. the word just makes me feel icky. Mm. And I, I, I'm like, ooh, you know, I've got a word like that, too. How about these slurs? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> If you can respect that someone is squicked out by the word moist, or the word squicked, sorry, Wyatt, I know you're probably listening, <laughs> then, yeah, maybe afford that to, like, uh, words that have a history. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, being used as tools of oppression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe don't use them. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that, for sure. I feel like a lot of people could learn that lesson. Yeah. Sadly, which we didn't have to still be talking about it, but yeah, I mean, learn learning in and of itself is great, amazing. If everybody could just get on board with doing that, yeah. quicker mm-hmm. with a little less resist, like learning's not bad. Learning's great. Yeah. I love learning. Whenever I'm proven incorrect on something, I'm like, oh, that's a fact I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> love, oh, to <laughs> lo- love to learn. Love to learn. Love to learn. Love that stuff. <laughs> Uh, so, Jonathan, what is on your gay agenda? I think that I am, through my theater in particular, I think I'm really passionate about, um, you know, telling stories of people who aren't necessarily representative, but also kind of hitting home the fact that um, there are some universal um, emotions and themes and and connections that everybody can, can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I've been exploring this a lot recently and having discussions about, you know, what it means to sort of do queer theater without sort of putting it in a box of um, people who don't, you know, necessarily identify within the community be like, well, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not really at all what, you know, the perp- one, mm-hmm. like we were just talking about, you can learn something from viewing someone's experience that isn't your own. Yeah. Um, but you also may find you relate to it on a very, very deep level um, because, uh, you know, they're you were talking about themes of, of connection, of memories, of adolescence. Whirlpool yeah. examines a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, it jumps around in time from when the boys are um, 14 to 24. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have vignettes of when they're in high school. And I've had people, you know, of all ages, sexualities, genders, you know, see it. And, you know, there's always like, they all laugh at the same places, right? Because it's like these yeah. universal themes of like drinking in your parents' house for the first time and, you know, even just like having a crush for the first time and like the, that first kiss and like that mm. that's just universal. Like we all feel those butterflies and, and, and things like that. So I, I'm walking that line and I don't have the answer to it, but of sort of figuring out like, you know, yes, supporting and raising up a voice, but also being like, hey, this is theater for everybody, right? Yeah. We don't have to just, you know slap a rainbow sticker on it and be like, this one's just for it's just this gay. people. No, like it's, it, let's have it be for everybody. Right. For In sure. the same way that queer people have been consuming, um, 
stories of heterosexuality and cisgenderness like forever right mm-hmm. you know and i relate to those yeah it's just it yeah. should i want i wish that we can get to a place that you know we can all just enjoy a great fucking story yeah. and just relate to it whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah um but it's a fine line right because you want to like you want to uplift those voices like i said and you know and reach out to a certain group who see, doesn't see themselves represented without sort of you know saying this isn't for you no it's for everybody yeah mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I, I super agree, like, the mixture of, like, there are stories that are specifically queer stories, and it's, like, love this, it can apply to everybody, but the themes are primarily rooted in, like, the queer LGBTQIA experience, and then, like, there's also stories that, like, there are queer characters, or mm, queer relationships, Mm -hmm. but that's not the story, right? and that's, like, those are just as important, mm-hmm. like, yes. for a queer representation. It's liter- like literally just, like, putting those into, like, the audience, um, like, putting that into, like, the... Zeit- not zeitgeist, that's different. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, like, I remember... <laughs> yeah, y- y'all know what I mean. Like, I remember um, when Theater Horizon was doing uh, their production of White by James Imes, um, where the play is not about queer... So, like, it, it is not essentially a queer production. Mm. It's a lot about, like, race and art and all of that. Um, but, like, you had, like, the occasional audience member being like, well, why do they have to be gay? And it's like, but you know that's not the that's point, not of, the the story, point right? of the story, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you miss all, all of literally of all yeah. of the other stuff about yeah. race and, and art? Wh- and what is it about, you know, that person, you know, an idea where that person should reflect on themselves and be like, what is it about mm. me? Wh- why am I blocking my access to that story? Am I, like, you know, why am I not more open to yeah. that? Because um, yeah. that's, the, that's the step to, you know, be having this all be accessible for everybody. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, there's like a story about um, the show Bojack Horseman mm-hmm. a while ago about how in the opening scene there's a, a, a dog woman. <laughs> And her dog, her tongue comes out and like slaps a dude in the face. And it's just a joke about dogs. Um, but in the writer's room, they were like, why is it a lady? And the writer was just like, it is. And they're like, I don't understand the joke. Like, is the joke that it's like, because it's a, like, she's like, no, the joke is just she's a dog and yeah. she's a woman because we exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our identity is not a modifier. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like, we're we're just around. We're just <laughs> living, yeah. Yeah, we're we're not. I I know that I probably look like this a lot, but we don't just live being gay. Yeah, <laughs> we do other things. Me maybe less often. But. <laughs> you know that that uh, thing in the in the celebrity magazines that are like celebrities, they're just like you. Yeah, we need one of those. For we PR. do. Yeah, it's because yeah. it, it, it's very much true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. We also try to go grocery shopping, but we get that one cart with the bad wheel, and yeah. we instead of just going back and grabbing a new cart like a person would do, you just try to persevere, persevere with that chip yeah. cart, even though it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. We're That's just we're doing that too. Just humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag representation. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Jay, want to lead with somebody? Oh yes. Hello. I'm your camp counselor. Uh, and I brought a game, and I'm vamping because I'm pulling it up on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's game is a little bit of a quiz. Okay. I thought it'd be fun uh, since we were talking about like. Theater, sure, and the arts, mm-hmm. gay theater, mm-hmm. and all that. I put a well. I made a little thing about um, gay playwrights. Oh boy! It's a quiz called "Playwrights Who Said Gay Rights." 
I just love it so much. It's, that's the title's the best part of it, honestly. Yes. But um, so I will give a little, a little um, summary Great. of a playwright from history. CJ does not know the answers to this quiz, so they can be your lifeline. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll try and do a bit of a low ball here where I'll say, um, an Irish poet and playwright known for his comedies of society, such as Lady Windermere's Fan, A Woman of No Importance, and An Ideal Husband. Oscar Wilde. Yeah, Oscar Wilde. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I, oh, I, even though I know like a bit about Oscar Wilde, but I still doubted myself because I only heard of A Woman of No Importance out of those yeah, so me, I was like, me too. Yeah. I thought if I said the importance of being earnest, it would be like way. It's like probably too much of a dead giveaway. Yeah. What? But... Just because you and I performed in that just last year. Also, that's like the one people know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bring up Salome, you cowards. <laughs> All right. An American playwright who received the 1998 Pulitzer Prize for drama for her play How I Learned to Drive. Paula Vogel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Love her. Very good. <laughs> an English playwright, novelist, film director, and visual artist known for his horror films. Plays include The History of the Devil, Frankenstein in Love, and Crazy Face. Ooh, I have. I don't have any idea. I haven't heard of any of those. That's embarrassing. Do you have any idea? I do because I performed in a production of Crazy Face right. a couple of, That's literally the yeah. only way that I know that it's Clive you Barker. Might, yes, it's Clive Barker. I was about to say, you might know his movies um, Hellraiser or Candyman. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his movies. I've only seen Crazy Face. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. Someone I knew was in it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, in, in everyone's defense, uh, Crazy Face has a cast of a fucking bajillion actors. I don't know how anybody produces it. It's a nightmare. There are so many characters in that play. It's an it's an epic. It's absolutely absurd. I'm realizing that this game is a little shorter. I have one more. Because I was going to have Tennessee Williams and then I cut him out because I felt weird because I didn't um, think to look up if he was actually... I know we all know Tennessee Williams was gay. Yeah. 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 But like, did Tennessee Williams ever say Tennessee Williams was gay? I guess not. I guess not. I don't know that Oscar Wilde like ever From... did, but he did get arrested different. for being gay. So like... it feels different. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, and it turns out when you search like gay playwrights, they're just like, "Here's all these white men." And I was like, eh, "Okay, yeah, sure." <laughs> all right. Well, so uh, I wanted to make sure to include a playwright and writer. This uh, playwright was the first African-American female author to have a play performed on Broadway. Uh, two of her best-known plays include A Raisin in the Sun and Le Blanc. Okay, French. I didn't know her name before this, and that's why I wanted to include it. <laughs> um, I feel I can only think of like the like who wrote the book Raisin in the Sun, not the play. Yeah. It's Lorraine Hansberry. Oh, I, okay. I was definitely going to say that, but I thought I was going to make a fool of myself. I didn't realize. Okay. In, your de- in your defense, I almost was like August Wilson. I'm like, that's not no. famous lesbian. August famous Wilson. Lesbian. I wish. Could you imagine? Listen. Sometimes your brain just it, it yeah. takes its own journey yeah. through this spaceship we call Earth. And pulls up out of nowhere, yeah. August Wilson. 
And that's the only four because I definitely set out to put more on this list. And then when I took out Tennessee Williams, I forgot to put another one to replace him. <laughs> but again, I, I challenge you to look up gay playwrights and not find just Google just being like, how about all of these yeah. white men? <laughs> yep. <laughs> have you heard of Tony Kushner? Yes, I have. <laughs> Wait, I definitely had him in this quiz. Where'd he go? <laughs> I I don't know, Jay. Oh my I God. didn't write the ding ding. Tony Kushner disappeared. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> well, there was gonna. I would have gotten that one. I the, think. the angels on got him. Yeah. You know, I was definitely gonna put him last too, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that'll be a good one to yeah, end on. Right. And then my memo app deleted Tony. Co- this is homophobia. <laughs> this is active. Thank you. Nobody's talking about it. This is active homophobia against Jay specifically. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, well we talked about Tony Kushner yeah. now. We'll pour one out for the wonderful two-part gay fantasia yeah. that is Angels in America. Mm. Yep. <laughs> well, you did wonderfully on that quiz. No, thank you. I was a little Crushed afraid, it. to be honest. I'm like a fool of myself, but I got some of them right. <laughs> no, you crushed it. Uh, cool. So thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, would you like to promote uh, your upcoming show with yes. the Theater Week, Whirlpool? Yes. Uh, Whirlpool is a queer two-hander uh, that I wrote that's going to be a part of um, Theater Philadelphia's Theater Week. Um, February, our performances specifically are February 7th through the 9th and then uh, the 13th through the 15th mm-hmm. um, at the Iron Factory, which is a really, really cool space um, in West Kensington. Um, you can buy tickets on Today Ticks. Just search for Whirlpool. Um, all tickets are $15 per uh, Theater Philly Week sort of agreement, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. Um, yeah, and I would love to see some people there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also performing in a show that I guess technically isn't with Philly Theater Week because our pricing is a little different, but oops. Um, so if you want to make a day of it, just go see a bunch of gay theater. Yeah. I'm doing The Lizard of Oz with Eric Jaffe right. and all of them. I'm playing Jake Gyllenhaal. It's going to be so great. <laughs> We're, we're all going to have fun The role there. you were born to play, truly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, just just, just go go, just see us be gay, you know? Yeah. Instead of Jake Gyllenhaal being in the movie version of Fun Home, can it be you playing Jake Gyllenhaal playing Bruce? Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, the, it, Bruce is going to be wearing an all-denim outfit and a cowboy hat, a la yeah. Brokeback Mountain. Yes, 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 yes. And also is going to have my voice, which is definitely not in Bruce's range. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll sing it as a brisk soprano. It'll be so great. I'm not in a Philly Theater Week show, but I'll just put in my my two cents and say you should go see both those shows. <laughs> yeah. <Thank you. laughs> Would you like to also plug your social media? Oh yeah, but also if you want to, I don't know, tweet um, about which plays by gay playwrights I should read. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore, and I link to other social medias from there some sometimes. Yeah. And you can find My Gay Agenda on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, just if you want to give us a rating, uh, leave a comment, follow us on Spotify. Um, all that helps out. And also, I don't know, we're fun. You're listening to us now. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to sell myself to you, okay? <laughs> Except we do have a Patreon, and we would love to sell ourselves to you. <laughs> yes, that said, if you want to buy us, we are sellable. <laughs> via patreon um much oh gosh i'm gonna have to come up with two because i forgot to do this during nick's episode um much like rachel you're the best around higgins and also she gets another nickname fake jill and hall (laughs) 
uh, my younger sister donates an amount that I have to come up with a new nickname for her every episode. Oh, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. Yep, yep. And you two can hold this power over us. Give us money. <laughs> <laughs> you two can make us dance like gay old puppets, which might be redundant. I guess. I think all puppets are gay. I rest my case. Um, right, you can also find us on Twitter at Gay we'll Put a pin on that. <laughs> That'll be another episode. Yes. Until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Go support some queer artists. And learn a thing. Yeah. Love to learn. And that's our gay agenda.